join the fun at the Barbie birthday party. Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. This week at the Tierra Talk Show, we welcome back our Cast to Member Corner segment in which we speak to past or current cast members of the Disney theme parks from around the world. Hi, this is Beth McShane, and I was Barbie in the magical world of Barbie. And I'm really excited to talk about this. This is like the third time we've talked about it. (laughs) A lot of us girls, we grew up with this uh, 99-cent VHS tape about Barbie and Disney World, and you were our Barbie, you know, playing Barbie and singing. So, you know, it really is an honor to speak with you today. So why don't we talk about, like, how you got introduced into the auditioning process? Because from what I read, there were a lot of people who were auditioned for this role of Barbie. Yeah, so the first time that I actually heard about the role being open, I remember being reading it from Oregon. I was up at the Oregon State University theater logs looking on the call boards, and they were looking for... I think it was six foot and above models, twins who could uh, dance and ice skate. That was the general variety call that went out in Variety magazine. And at the time, I remember, whoo, good luck with that one. Um, and then flash forward about a year later, I ended up um, not going on to the audition because I'm not six foot tall and I'm not twins and I don't dance and I'm not a nice skater. But I did end up paying for my college, the Miss America scholarship program representing Oregon. So I was Miss Oregon and I was top 10 at Miss America, top five at Miss America, I ended up third runner up. And the very next day, the phone rang and it was uh, Disney casting. And they told me that they had seen me on the Miss America program, and they decided that I embodied everything they were looking for in the Barbie persona that they were trying to cast. So my understanding is they had been around the United States once already, and they'd been looking for 18 months, and they hadn't found Barbie, and they were literally six weeks out to rehearsals, and they turn on the Miss America pageant, and they said, that's our girl. And I'm just so happy that they chose you, you know, that you got a great cast. I know Billy Flanagan played Ken, and you have a wonderful backup ensemble cast. And everybody had a name, too, because Barbie had, like, a niece and a lot of great friends, and her friends had boyfriends. So it was really cool to see everybody got a name in the show. (laughs) You know, that was the best part about Disney, really, um, coupling up with Mattel. They really wanted to make the Barbie family tree as authentic as possible and representing a diverse, it was one of the most diverse casts that they've ever seen on the Disney property to date. And we really tried to represent well all of the dolls from all around the world. 
So that was really fun. And we acted like brothers and sisters because that's who we were. And Barbie was the ambassador of friendship in Epcot. She was named ambassador around 1994. And this VHS tape I was talking about, it has two uh, younger girls, like ages 12, and they're going around the World Showcase to display each World Showcase and representing each country. And at that time, they also filmed a little bit of the show you had done, but there had been several reincarnations of the show. How many and in total were there were there before they actually filmed that for that specific show segment that they showed in the VHS tape? We know that's fascinating because when you look at the, I think it's called Barbie's birthday at Epcot 94. Um, that's the name of the video that everyone got. You, you bought a Barbie and I think for a penny you got this video. What they actually show is the dress rehearsal on the night before Thanksgiving Day. And we didn't actually open until Christmas Day. So what you see on Barbie's birthday at Epcot 94 is a dress rehearsal, a nighttime dress rehearsal. Um, Because we opened on Thanksgiving Day and they realized there's something not quite right with the show. It, It was a combination of having Mattel be too much a part of the entertainment side and not really under and Disney not really understanding what Mattel wanted. And so they opened the show and they thought, mm, I think we can do better. So they closed it immediately, just as soon as they had enough footage to get the Barbie's birthday video out. Then we went through 30 rewrites in 30 days. Every day, Billy and I got a completely different script and they just kept rewriting it until it felt good, until it, you know, clicked off all the boxes that Disney really wanted to make sure that it was as entertaining for everybody as it could be. And they deleted the ballerina sequence, which you worked really hard to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was actually two weeks before we opened. We were going to do Tchaikovsky's. Um, Cinderella Ballet. It's a beautiful piece of music, and I am not a dancer. I was in a cast of all dancers, and so I would go through your full nine hours, eight hours of workout, one hour of lunch, and then after that, I had another four hours every day where I was learning the just basic bar techniques so that I could at least look like a ballerina. And they got to the point, they got me to the point where I could walk through the room as, you know, Cinderella, and I could bow and curtsy and one turn. We had it completely choreographed perfectly. And two weeks before we opened, we found out we didn't actually have the rights to the music. All of a sudden, we had to learn a whole new piece of music with something Disney already had. Well, I didn't know that music. So then we did this fun little body double idea where we thought, well, we'll just, it'll be a masked ball, you know, ball and we'll bring in. And so we brought in Nia, who was a lovely girl. And she would dance for me, but it was pretty hilarious. I mean, they they made it look like I helicoptered in, and then we did this really crazy change, and then she came out and did the dance. And that's part of why we had to rewrite it. I mean, that that part didn't come across as effectively, I'm sure, as it as it could have. And but um, it was just a crazy, wonderful, exciting ride for us. So and the show kind of bases itself where Barbie travels to different countries and learns a little bit about them. So you you go to Australia and you also go to Paris, which is all of our favorites because you have this big fashion show at the end, which I just adore, and all the costumes. And and you guys are performing in such like crazy heat. Yeah, well, yeah, I think it's usually 90 to 100 degrees outside in Florida any given afternoon. And we all are wearing wigs and we're all wearing tights and we're all 
dressed, you know, Disney appropriate. So everything's covered up. Even when you're wearing a bathing suit, you're pretty much head to toe covered with a leotard. And the Bob Mackie gown that I wore in the finale, which was part of the Bob Mackie Barbie fantasy from 1995 gown, it had pearls that weighed, you know, half a pound a piece. The whole thing from the waist down was 75 pounds and it had steel hoops in it so that it would be nice and, you know, wide, like a big hoop skirt with so much material. It required literally 60 pounds of tubing that was all steel going around so that it had that perfect look. It took two gentlemen to get me on the runway because it was so heavy. And making that look like it floated took a lot of muscle. And then you do the nighttime shows and they put the spotlight on you and the bugs fly in your mouth and you still have to sing. And, oh, my goodness. You know, it's <laughs> show business. It's never, you know, never, never easy, but always great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But it was all great. Loved it. While you guys are doing the show, you're also playing pranks on one another? Yeah, well, the dancers were, we, you know, when you're doing five shows a day, five days a week, it becomes monotonous, no matter how much, and I loved my job, but no matter what happens, to keep it alive and keep it going, sometimes the best show was what was actually happening backstage. And I remember one time <laughs> I went to go put on my gown and someone had stuck ice cubes and ice water in my gold shoes, my gold heels. So I go to put them on and it was actually kind of refreshing. And yet you've got maybe, maybe 25 seconds to do your entire costume change. So every little thing like that, that happens, you, you just, it, it's wonderful because we were a very pranky kind of cast and we loved doing things like that to each other. There was another gentleman, Carl, and one time he was the one who put the ice water in my shoes. So the next show I put baby powder in his pith helmet and he put the pith helmet on. When he came off, he had gray hair. So, you know, <laughs> little things like that happened all the time. We did an Easter show, and I hid Easter eggs all over the set. I came an hour before work, and I we literally did an Easter egg hunt the whole time. And it made the show really fun for the audience and for us as well. And you're meeting tons of kids during the show. I know they, they would bring up a little girl to actually dress up and have her own Barbie touch dress uh, and then take a photo with Ken and you, which is Way too cool. Who wouldn't want to have a Polaroid of that? I just That was one of the best parts of the rewrites. That was something that came out of the rewrite part. And I thought that was a brilliant addition is let's let's bring the audience as much as we can, either on stage or bring the stage to the audience. And it became kind of an interactive show with, as it kept getting rewritten. And uh, that was one of the best parts of the day was finding that little girl and watching them transform on stage from their, you know, park duties to then we put them in a pink Barbie pink gown and they got to walk the runway with a parasol and they got Aww. to kiss Ken on the cheek at the end and it was it was always fun to see if the girl was going to be too shy to walk the runway or too shy to give Ken a kiss or you know it was different every time there was one time I've always had this agreement with the stage manager that if anyone was from the Give Kids the World uh, Foundation, which is kind of like the Children's Miracle Network, they wore buttons that we could see. And the stage managers knew that if someone was wearing that button, I wanted to know about it because if we could, we'd bring them on stage. And we had all kinds. We had a wheelchair show. We had a walker show. We had all different kinds of um, different abilities built into the Barbie Touch Girl piece. But there was one girl who, for whatever reason, they couldn't get to her, and she was obviously wearing the um, Give Kids the World button. So I actually walked out to go get her. And the America Gardens Theater is like 1776. It's all cobblestone, and I'm wearing my 
six inch heels and I'm picking her up and I feel my legs start to wobble and I'm going down. I know I'm going to hit pavement. And my first thought is I've got to save this girl. I cannot fall and hurt this girl. So I took all of the brunt of the fall on my knees. So I'm falling on cobblestone in my knees in six foot shoes. And I made it look like it was part of the show. Everything was fine. Dancers were right there to help me. And it was great. We get through the Barbie touch song and I look down and I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding down to my ankles. And I thought, oh, these poor girls are going to be scared. They're going to be scared to death that Barbie's dying on stage. (laughs) We had to finish the show. So we finished the show. And as soon as the show was over, my knees were just toast. They were gone. I was crying. You know, I made it all the way through the show. But as soon as it was done. I was like, I can't do another show. I'm done. I can't do it. So we had to have our, my understudy come in and finish the rest of the shows for the day. But I was very happy that we, you know, made it to the end of the show. The show didn't have to go dark. You know, there was a little bit of blood going down my leg, but for the most part, everyone got a great show out of it. But things like that happen, you know, in the long run, I, it was the show that I do anything for. You know, it's the show that anyone would do anything to be in. And it was such a pleasure to be a part of. I think people still talk about it to this day. Disney management talks about what a great cast we were and how uh, friendly we were with each other. There was no ego going on. You know, there were no little bickering. It was just a really close knit cast and crew. We all go out together all the time. And you get to explore Epcot when you're not working. So what was one of your go to attractions? Well, you know, one of our favorite spots to go was Mexico. Um, The margaritas in Mexico are no joke. And um, that was a really good place to go. It was pretty close to the America Garden Theater. And we could all go put baseball caps on. No one knew who we were. You know, we could just go and have some nachos before we went home. So that was one of our favorites. There's uh, so many great things to see at Epcot. I cannot wait to go back. It's been at least 15 years since I've been back and I'm due to go again. And you've been up to plenty since the show is wrapped. You know, what what have been the most recent projects for you that our listeners can maybe look up or, or also mention your Twitter handle? So uh, when I moved to Oregon, I started uh, singing with the Oregon Symphony, with their pop symphony for several years. And that was great fun. We just disbanded the Laden Singers recently. Um, I also do a lot of theater around town. I've been singing with uh, my girlfriend, Michelle Van Cleef. You can download some of her stuff on uh, iTunes. And uh, you can follow me, Beth McShane. Beth McShane on Twitter. I'm always there. You can tweet me. I'm, I'm always there. You know, thank you so much for being on the show. And, and before we end, I have three Disney-themed questions I always ask my guests. And I call them the Fab Three. So we'll start with the Donald one, which is, as a child, what Disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater? Oh, Beauty and the Beast. I saw it at the Egyptian Theater in Coos Bay, Oregon, and it was magical. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? And we'll exclude Barbie on this one. I'm going to say Chip from Chip and Dale. And our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? uh, It's the Cinderella, uh, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. I love that song. Me too. Could you sing a little bit for us? Oh, my goodness. A dream is a wish your heart makes. It was lovely, though. It was lovely, though. And I just want to remind our listeners, it's a trend. 
It's a phase. It's the <laughs> latest fashion craze. We all got the Barbie touch today. Thanks to Beth. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Beth. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. And if you could sum up your experience working for the Disney company with one word, what would it be? Exemplary. In every way. Just a trick or two.